Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all of those who are joining us online as well as in the house. We want to thank God for blessing us with another Sunday to be able to worship our God in spirit and in truth. How many of y'all are delighted that you're able to participate in worship, be it virtual or physical? Amen. Amen. As we prepare to worship, um, for those that are watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engaging in our lab chat found on our church website, welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So I want you to do us this favor. If you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline and tag those you want to invite within the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And text the link of this service to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click on the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. We are certainly delighted. I see you on our Zoom congregation. I just want to wave at you because I see you waving back at me. I want you to do me another favor as well. If you are watching us on our social media platforms, would you, in your uh, chat window... Just put where you're watching us from. We want to um, give a major shout out to all of those that are watching us, not only across the city of Charlotte and the state of North Carolina, but across this country and around this globe. Reverend uh, Kelly Baptist is going to come and lead us in worship. Those of you who are able, if you would stand on your feet as she comes and leads us this morning. Praise the Lord. The word of God in Isaiah tells us the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in darkness on them, light has shined. We gather this morning in the third Sunday of Advent just to rejoice because we are the recipients of the miracle, the miraculous light of Christ enters the world. We celebrate in this season in all of the darkness that surround us. We still serve a God that serves us miracles. And that's a reason to rejoice this morning. Anyone ready? Wherever you are, online, in the place, just rejoicing. Because sometimes we just need a little joy. A reminder that our God still remembers. He honors his promises, Old Testament and new, and sends us miracles. And so this morning, we rejoice as one congregation, wherever you may be, opening service with joyful, joyful. Are you ready to sing joy? Are you ready to sing joy? Come on, let's honor God and open a corporate worship this morning with our morning hymn.
this morning in prayer and scripture. Good morning. My name is Shantez Davis. We are Team Davis. This is my wife, Aja, my mother-in-law, Janesha, and... My name is Shades. My name is Shasha. And my name is Ava. This is the third Sunday of, uh, of Advent. Our Advent journey began with us lighting the candles of hope and peace. And today we relight them to remind us that our hope is in Christ and that he will come again to bring peace to the world. So today we add the third candle as a sign of love. We light these candles in faith and love that Jesus is coming soon. Good morning. In some ways, we may feel as though we are living on the brink. Daily, we live and move between the ordinary and divine, between the mundane and mysterious, between the known and unknown. Too often, we forget to look up and see that we have a God that loved us enough to send his only son to save us. Let us not forget that the love we give is the love that receives that we receive, and that love is a symbol of an everlasting bond between us and God. God is with us. Today's scripture reading is Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your love, your grace, your kindness. Most importantly, God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. God, we ask that you search us on today during this worship service, God. Father God, if we said, done, or thought anything that's not pleasing in your sight, we ask that you forgive us. And God, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you come into this worship service, Lord, and that you just be in the midst, God. Have your way today. It is in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
did he the angels word and let's give God praise for them and for their gift of song this morning. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We want to welcome each and every one of you as far as this worship experience is concerned to those that are in the house as well as to those that are joining us online. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your, worship, of your uh, life to join us as far as worship is concerned. I want to do this real quick. If you are a first time guest here at the St. Paul Church. We just want you to put up your hand. We would normally come and greet you. However, uh, because of COVID, we just want to acknowledge you. Any first time guests in the house? If so, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Thank you for joining us in our worship experience. We're certainly delighted and elated that you have taken time out of your busy schedule to join us as far as this time is concerned. And if there are any return guests, would you just hold up your hand? Would you just hold up your hand? God bless you. Let's give God praise for them as well. Amen. Thank you for being with us in our worship experience. And for those that are in the house uh, that are part of St. Paul, thank you so very, very much. As well as those that are joining us online via Facebook, YouTube, on the phone, or on our Zoom congregation, we thank God for you. There are just a few things I want to share with you, and then uh, we're going to make a special presentation in just a moment. We want to let you know that this Thursday will be our last Bible study for 2021 as we close out the uh, study on the book of James. And so uh, we look forward to you all joining us. Uh, and we will uh, have our 
our prayer call on this Wednesday, and we will continue to have our prayer call. Just a special announcement for all of those who uh, want to get a booster shot or want to get uh, your first or second COVID shot. Guess what? This Wednesday, December the 15th, uh, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. in the gym, we will be a COVID vaccination shot for all three formulas, Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson. Amen. Amen. And this is open for all. Your first dose, your second dose, or even your booster shot is going to be from 10 to 5, 10 a.m. to 5 uh, p.m. And, and I just want to encourage you, if you have not gotten uh, any type of vaccination, please, ma'am, please, sir, give it strong consideration to take the shot. Um, um, uh, the discomfort you may feel for about a day is a whole lot better than winding up in the hospital on a ventilator, possibly dying. Amen, somebody. Is this mic on? Let me. Here at St. Paul, we've lost too many folks to COVID. And um, this Omicron variant um, uh, uh, is interesting in and of itself. But from what studies have demonstrated, Getting the, getting the shot and getting the booster, even if you come down with Omicron, you don't have to wind up in the hospital. You don't have to wind up on a ventilator. Um, so the, the purpose of the vaccine, it does not um, stop you from getting COVID because if you're among a whole lot of folks that got it, you might get it too. It's just like the flu. You're around the folks that got the flu, you're gonna catch it, but if you vaccinate it, it does not impact you uh, as bad as it could if you weren't vaccinated. So I, I, I need you all to go get that shot. Um, uh, I, I really do. Now, as your pastor, I'm, 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 I'm vaccinated and boosted. Amen. Amen. I'm vaccinated and boosted. And... Um, um, I, I need you. I need you to go get your shot. I, I don't want to have to have another funeral here at St. Paul or hear about somebody connected to someone at St. Paul dying from COVID because you don't have to do that. Uh, so please, ma'am. I mean, and, and we got all three. So you know, it's like Burger King. Have it your way. Amen. On that Wednesday. So please, ma'am. Please, sir. Um, uh, make consideration about becoming vaccinated. Um, let me see. Kaya, we're going to do Kaya on December the 29th. That will be the last Kaya experience of this year. Uh, at 7 o'clock, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts, unwrapping, unwrapping the gift that is you. You can join us on all our various platforms. On Friday, on Friday, December the 31st, New Year's Eve at 7 o'clock, we're going to have a New Year's Eve worship service in person as well as online. That will be the night we would do the memorial service. That'll be the night we would do the memorial service. So if you have a loved one that has died um, in the year of 2021, uh, we want you to uh, uh, bring their name or either send in their name and we're gonna roll the name of those persons who have died. Let me also just say, if you have a loved one, and I want you to hear me and hear me well, if you have a loved one that has died from COVID, 
uh, we want to definitely remember them as well. Um, I think one of the things when it comes to the churches, we love to praise, 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 but we don't take time to grieve. And we don't take time to lament. And uh, it's, it's a whole lot of us that need to be in, on somebody's therapy couch or either giving your pastor or a minister a call to talk some stuff through because of the heavy lot of grief. And so uh, we're going to make that a moment of remembrance and lament, uh, particularly for our brothers and sisters who have died from this dreaded disease. So that's going to be on uh, New Year's Eve at 7 o'clock. Toy drive donations are open, and we're going to be having that giveaway this uh, Saturday. We're trying to raise at least $4,000, and the giveaway is going to be Saturday uh, the 18th. Um, the church will be officially closed on Monday, December the 20th from 9 to Monday, January the 3rd, uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. We will still have our prayer calls along with Kaya. And the other thing that we're trying to do, and we're having, I'm having conversation with our um, uh, protocol team, is we're looking at trying to restart Children and Youth Church on Sunday, January the 16th. Um, we're looking forward to inviting the children back into our worship space, and we will have more information over the next few weeks on how we plan to safely open up this service and how families can get their children pre-checked, uh, as well as youth, and allow for a streamlined process on the third Sunday. So um, if things don't get too out of hand as far as the Omicron variant is concerned, and we're in person, we want to be able to have our children uh, and youth in youth church. And here's the deal. We're going to be dealing with youth, with children and youth from 5 to 18, from 5 to 18. And the only reason we're doing that is because our children and youth now can get the vaccination. And uh, we want to be very, very particular about that. And Peyton is going to need some help with volunteers to help navigate uh, that space. Because you all know when kids see each other, they love to run, and we got to kind of help them to monitor their behavior in this uh, COVID space. Amen? Amen. So having said all that, let's govern ourselves accordingly. At this time, I'm going to ask um, that uh, I'm trying to see uh, if um, Deacon Alfred Alexander is in the house. Deacon, hey, how you doing? Amen. Come on, come forth, brother. Brother Alexander and Deacon Deborah Reed. Deacon Deborah Reed, are you here? Hey, come on. I'm going to ask that our board chair, um, uh, Sister Gwendolyn Garnett, would come. We have a special presentation that we want to make to them as well. That's a sharp purple suit you got on, man. Everybody ain't able. <laughs> They can't hear in the house. You can't, huh? Okay. Can you hear us now? Okay. All right. Deborah and Alfred Alexander and Deborah Reed have been on the St. Paul Board of Directors for many years, guys, and have served this church in so many ways that I don't have time to cover. And the board position is a voluntary position, and, but it's, it's, it's work, and it's something that we enjoy doing. 
They are now leaving the board. We, I introduced you last Sunday to our two new board members. So today we want to recognize their years of service. Deborah was our board chair. And Alfred's official role was to say, Madam Chair, I, I make a motion the board meeting is adjourned. Let's go home. <laughs> so I'm going to miss you doing that. So today we want to present each of you a Mont Blanc pen and a gift card for your years of service. Thank you so very much. Let me get it, let me get it right. Let's see. This one is yours. Yeah, make sure I give you the right one. And this is yours. And, and um, I know Karen asked, because she hasn't seen these, that we at least be able to take a picture of one of the pins and make sure, make sure I gave you the right one, because I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> but we want to thank you again for all your years of service. And Pastor, and if you want to add anything to that, but these, these two have been outstanding for a very long time. So thank you very much. Come on, let's give God praise. Can you all just stand on your feet and applaud them for their years of service to the St. Paul Church? I just want to say, I just want to say that it has been a wonderful joy uh, serving with uh, them. And they will still be serving the church in the role of deacon um, here at St. Paul, but they have just rotated off the board. Uh, and their insights have been invaluable that has positioned us to be in the place that we're in right now. So to uh, Deacon Deborah Reed and to Deacon Alfred Alexander, thank you all so very, very much. And may the Lord continue to bless you as far as your work is concerned. Come on, let's give God praise for them one more time. Amen. 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 They have been... St. Paul just has some wonderful people, and, and they are two of, I know this isn't proper English, uh, and I see uh, Sister Asia Davis over there, so don't, don't, don't trip on me on Facebook, but they're the most wonderfulest people I know. Amen. Amen. So uh, thank you all again so very, very much. I'm sounding like Jesse Jackson up here making up words and stuff uh, as far as that's concerned. Listen, we're getting ready to um, move toward prayer. And, and as we move toward prayer, um, our St. Paul church family has been, has been shaken. Um, uh, it has been shaken, and particularly our music ministry has been shaken. Um, and so we are asking that if you would to um, uh, keep these uh, families in prayer. The family of disciples, Sister Willie Louise Brown, the mother of Brother Stanley Brown. Uh, those services are going to be this Wednesday, December the 15th, here at the church. Uh, quiet hours at 11, and the service will be at noon. Um, her nephew is also uh, Deacon Ira Alexander, and we want to keep him and his family lifted up in prayer as well. Uh, the family of Sister Melissa Howard Wiley, the daughter of disciple Brother John and Sister Alice Howard, her services will be held Wednesday, December the 15th at the East Stonewall Amy Zion Church in Charlotte, quiet hour at 11, and the service will be at noon. Um, the family of disciple uh, Sister Joanne Potts Smith, who is the wife of Brian Smith, um, the uh, services are pending, and we want to keep uh, that family lifted up in prayer. 
the family of Sister Benny Cotton, the niece of uh, disciple Patricia Campbell, her services are pending as well. We continue to lift up in prayer the family of Brother Robert uh, Gilkerson, the husband of disciple Annette Gilkerson. His services were yesterday at Alexander Funeral Home. The service, the family of Sister Lois uh, Harrison, who is the aunt of uh, disciple Dr. Sherelle Fuller, the family of disciple Louise Brewer, uh, grandmother of disciples Brother Kyle Nails, Nails the family of uh, Deacon Sadie Simpson, wife of Deacon Bobby Simpson, um, the family of Sister Sarah Young, uh, the mother of disciple Betty Staten, the family of Sister Jolene Hayes, the sister of disciple Donna Gabriel. Um, death sucks. It, it, that, that's a, that was a lot, y'all. Um, so our church family needs prayer. We want to lift up for those who are hospitalized, have a surgery, a special illness, Tanya Porter. We continue to lift up our pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond and his wife, Lady Thomasina. Um, we continue to lift up Deacon Michael Underwood as well as Deacon Jacqueline Brown who continue to recuperate. Uh, and there's a whole list of names on our sick and shut-in list we want to bring before you all uh, to lift up in prayer. Brother Anthony Farr, who is being transferred um, to a, a rehab center. We continue to lift him and his family up in prayer. And I'm going to ask that uh, Reverend Kelly Baptist will come take us to the throne of grace as far as this time of prayer is concerned. Pray. Our Father and our strong God, we thank you that you are still the God who comforts and keeps, Father. You have heard every name that is called. You know of the heaviness of the hearts of all of those who are grieving the losses. God, the names go on and on of people with recent losses and even those of the last year, the last year and a half, Lord God, who trust in your sovereignty and yet their hearts and spirits are heavy. God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would reach out with your omnipotent hands and be what they need in this time, God. For those that need peace, God, remind them that you are the Prince of Peace. For those who need comfort, God, remind them, God, that you are the God who comforts those who mourn. We thank you, God, in the name of Jesus, that even in the midst of all of the loss and the sick, God, there are still yet those who are being healed, God. We have some cancer survivors and some COVID survivors who have been able to get up off of their sick bed and keep walking a little while longer. Heavenly Father, in this, the time of miracles, we focus our attention on you, God. In this season where there seems to be so much darkness, God, we are reminded that even by the time we get to the book of Revelation, God, in the time of darkness, in the rule of the Antichrist, the battle of Armageddon, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the testimony of the saints, our sovereign God, our omnipotent Christ, steps in on our behalf so that death is never the end of the story. So God, we thank you that here in the season of Advent, we celebrate the coming of the Christ child. Hallelujah. We're 
reminded that he couldn't rise if he didn't come. If he wasn't born to die, we wouldn't be able to rest assured that earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. So, Father God, as a family, we grieve with those who are grieving. God, we sit with those who are mourning, and yet we rejoice that we haven't lost them forever, God. We thank you for the blessed assurance that at the end of the story, there is redemption, there is resurrection in Christ, there is hope, there is peace, there is joy to the world, for our Lord has come. God, we thank you that in the midst of the death, there are still births, God, there are birthdays happening. Though, God, in the midst of unemployment, Lord God, there are still folks getting new jobs. And even at this moment, December 12th, 2021 we rejoice that it's only because of you that we are still here that we are still standing that we are still breathing that we can still rejoice that we've got a family in the St. Paul Baptist Church that we've got a family in the kingdom of God and your kingdom will have no end Lord God we bless you We honor you. We adore you for your faithfulness, God. We are reminded that you never sleep nor slumber. You haven't forgotten, and you honor those who honor their assignment. God, in these most trying of times, let us be reminded that Christ came to earth for us to honor his assignment. And you honor that with a history that has changed the world. Let us walk in his footsteps in this season and beyond to fulfill our assignments, to bring joy to your face, to give you glory and honor and praise. Even in times like these, we will be your light to the nations, crying out, rejoice, there is a savior, rejoice, there is still light, rejoice, God is in heaven and it all matters. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We adore you. We focus ourselves in on you. And we are so very, very grateful for you. In Jesus' name, we all pray and say together, amen. 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 And amen. If you believe your prayer is being answered, can you give God praise right now? I think we could do a whole lot better than that. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Reverend Baptist, for that prayer. And, and as we prepare to um, celebrate this season, one of the best ways that you and I can demonstrate our gratitude, our gratefulness is through giving. Uh, giving is really a sign of gratitude. Amen. Giving is a sign of gratitude. And so as we prepare to give um, this morning, Uh, There are several ways you can give here at St. Paul. The first one for those that are watching us online is you can mail your check or money order uh, to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can drop off your check, cash, or money order at the church. Call the church office first to make make sure someone is here to receive it uh, at 704-334-5309. The other way you can give is through our website, through uh, Church Life or ACS. And then finally, you can give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app. Uh, Search for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. 
uh, connected to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. If you have a physical offering in the sanctuary this morning, uh, you will, at the appropriate time, place it in the receptacle on the pew in front of you. You don't have to touch the pew. Just find the receptacle that is closest to you, the offering basket that is closest to you, and place your offering there, and our ushers and count team will collect it. So if you're giving this morning, however you're giving, if you are able to place your offering in your right hand and lift it toward the heaven, we want to give God what's right, not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the greatest gift you have given, and that is of yourself through Jesus Christ. As we come and we give right now, we thank you for the ability to give. We are sowing in great soil. Lord, the offerings that you're that we're giving right now will go to help those who cannot help themselves, to take care of your work here at the St. Paul Church, and to be a blessing throughout this country as well as this world. God, we know that we'll be partnering with other entities and agencies that will be helping victims who were devastated by tornadoes that took place over the weekend. And so, Lord, as we come and we sow, and as we give to be a blessing to others, to be a blessing to children who may lack during the Christmas season, continue to expand our capacity of generosity. Let us be a blessing to those who cannot give back to us so that they will know your love, your grace, and your kindness. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do me a favor for those that have offering in, in the sanctuary, just drop it in the basket in front of you. Amen. We thank God for your kindness and your generosity. And let's give God praise as our brothers will come and bless us with our sermonic selection.
Let's give God some praise and thanks for our, for our brothers, how they have blessed us with their, their gift of song. Uh, that's the reason for the season. Amen. Amen. I want to uh, call your attention to James chapter 5, starting at verse 7. And we will close out this series of sermons on next week um, with finishing up chapter 5. James chapter 5 verse 7. James chapter 5 verse 7. And I don't know about anybody else, but um, I think this, this sermon, this word um, slapped me up one side of my body and down the other. Because this is what it says. Therefore, be patient. I can stop right there. <laughs> Therefore, be patient, brethren, 
until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. This is where it slapped me upside my head. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endured. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into the judgment. My uh, subject is not going to be earth shattering. I just want to talk about patience, the vital virtue. Uh, patience, the vital virtue. <clears throat> Around the fourth century AD, Roman philosopher named Cato the Elder was believed to have written these words, and I quote, of human virtues, patience is the most great, end of quote. Now, while many of you have never heard of Cato the Elder, the idea of patience being a virtue can be attributed to him. For Cato, patience is more than the ability to wait for something. When you and I claim patience as a virtue, it is a state of moral excellence whereby a person can wait without agitation, which becomes an admirable quality. However, I would readily admit how patience goes against the grain for most of us. Uh, it is a quality that is counterintuitive to our human nature. And the reason that it's counterintuitive is because we live in a microwave, instantaneous culture. We want everything right now. Uh, as a matter of fact, many of us have what I call a Burger King lifestyle. I want it my way, and I want it my way right now. And so Paul, the apostle, lists patience as one of the slices of the fruit of the spirit. Uh, it is something that can be developed as a spiritual discipline. In other words, I'm trying to let you know all of us can have it as a virtue, but if I'm honest, I don't know if it's something all of us want. Because in order to get patience, you have to go through something. In order to develop patience, you, you have to go through something. Uh, and this is how God develops patience for the saint. God will send a person, a place, or a predicament to test your resolve. 
and develop your patience. There are those who are under the sound of my voice right now who in your past have said, Lord, grant me patience. And you regretted praying that prayer. And the reason you regretted praying that prayer is because when God decided to grant you patience, he sent some stuff your way. That, that, that when God got ready to develop this virtue, this moral quality in the very fabric of your being, all kinds of headaches and heartaches and trials and tribulations and troubles popped up all over your life. And, and you soon discovered you did not have patience, but God was in the process of developing it. Can I be transparent for a moment? Um, um, patience is, 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 is something that we say we want until we get it. Let me say that again. Patience is something we say we want until we have to go through something. And, and I've discovered that, that, that when God gets ready to give any of us patience, this is what happens. You got to deal with some folks who will drive you up the wall. That, there, there are some folks, Dr. Uh, Reverend Kelly, that, that will grate not your last nerve, but the reserve nerve. And, and that's the nerve past the last nerve. Uh, that there are some insensitive people who will pop up in your space. That, that when God gets ready to develop patience in your life, sometimes you're hit with a sickness out of nowhere that might last for years. Chronic pain becomes a constant companion. Frustration follows you like a lost puppy or a stray cat. When it rains, it pours. And, and it seems like you can't catch a break. Patience. Uh, for some, it seems like oppression, repression, and depression that hunt you down like a pack of ravenous wolves. Patience. When God is working patience in your life, affliction can overwhelm you like a raging flood and you don't even know how to swim. And, and let's be honest, when God is trying to give us patience, we don't want patience. We want the trouble to be over quick, fast, and in a hurry. And we love to quote Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. But if we're honest, many mornings have come and gone, and sorrow is what we have waken up to. If patience is to be a vital virtue, we're going to have to deal with some difficult people some hard spaces, some tough situations, and uncertain futures as we become who and what God destined, designs, and desires for us to be in Christ. In other words, patience is not given to us like rain shower on a dry field. Instead, hear me and hear me well, patience is developed within the crucible of suffering and affliction by the power of of the Holy Spirit. So you and I can't even begin to have authentic divine patience without the presence, power, and person of the Holy Ghost. Because it is the Holy Spirit who reminds you and me of the sovereignty of God in the midst of our sufferings. So 
So, so prior to the writings of Cato the Elder in the 4th century AD, James, the brother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, inspires us with insights about what it means to be patient. Interestingly, James at this time is not writing about the idea of patience as being a way of moral excellence. Nor is James thinking of patience as waiting for the promises of God to come to pass. Now, J James is writing this letter from the perspective that his brother, Jesus Christ, is getting ready to come back real soon. J James is under the assumption that Jesus' return will be rather imminent, probably taking place within a few years of him penning this text. James knows that when Jesus comes back, that Jesus is going to deal with the rich, arrogant landowners that he talked about earlier in chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And he's going to set those arrogant landowners straight. The return of Jesus meant that the kingdom of God would be ushered into our physical reality. That Jesus is coming back in full power, majesty, and strength to set up a theopolitical kingdom where the oppressed would be relieved captives would be set free the hungry would be fed the sick would be healed those that are blind will have their sight and all wrongs committed will be made right that's that's what james was writing about when he talked about patience that was nearly two thousand years ago so uh, does this letter still have merit and meaning for us Today in 2021, uh, we're still waiting for Jesus to return. And Jesus says, no one knows the day nor the hour when the Son of Man shall appear. And, and, and I'm just here to let somebody know that when the Son of Man comes back, when Jesus comes back, none of us will be able to predict it. That when it comes to the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I love to quote my late mentor, the Reverend Dr. Samuel DeWitt Proctor, who said, if you do what Jesus told you to do in his first coming, the second coming will take care of itself. Now, the reason why I got a few claps on that is because for many of us, we've been trying to predict when Jesus is going to come back how Jesus is going to come back, for what Jesus is going to come back. Nobody knows when Jesus is going to come back. As a matter of fact, if we can be honest, we can look back in the past and see a whole lot of false prognostications have taken place on the return of Jesus. So I'm going to let God be God and I'm going to do what I need to do to be ready when he shows up. No, notice, notice, beloved, this shift, this shift in chapter 5 from the rich to the restless. Uh, James pre previously had a stark condemnation for the rich and he now provides uh, a sensitive consolation to those who are poor and oppressed. James is unraveling what it means to be patient while waiting for Jesus to return. Contrary to popular belief, I want to let you all know Jesus is going to come back. I don't know when, I don't know what day, but I'm letting you know he's going to come back. Uh, now, 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 I know some of y'all look at me kind of suspect. And some of y'all look at me kind of crazy. And, and unfortunately, there are even some theological seminaries that don't even talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. But I know he's going to come back. 
and, and, and that's why I got saved and that's why I believe he is who he is because I know he's going to come back and I look forward to his return when he comes back because when he comes back he's going to make the crooked places straight he's going to make the rough places move he's going to turn swords into plowshares we ain't going to have to study war no more he's going to vindicate those who have been run wrong he's going to eradicate disease he's going to give sight to the blind he's going to let the lame walk and he's going to empower the mute to talk he's going to lift up the downtrodden and those of us that have been captive shall be set free one day he's coming back I don't know about anybody else but he's coming back the, the Atlantic magazine just came out with a report talking about how all the bad guys are winning. And, and in that particular rendering, it is talking about how the dictators of Russia and China and Venezuela and other parts of the earth are rising to prominence. And interestingly now, even in America, how we are being skewed uh, toward a place of fascism that if we're not careful, the Looney Tunes are going to take over. But I want you all to know that regardless of who sits in the White House, that regardless who is the premier of Russia, that regardless of who is the prime minister of China, I'm glad that I have another king. I have another king. Let me say that again. I have another king. And one day, my king, your king, my God, your God, my Lord, your Lord, is going to come back and reclaim that which belongs to him. So even, beloved, in 2021, you and I should heed the advice of James as we develop this vital virtue known as patience. This text is just as prudent now as it was then. So, so why is it vital for us to develop patience in our lives? Well, if you look at the text, the text unfolds so beautifully in the fact that first of all, patience keeps us on point for the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, let me say it again. Patience keeps us on point for the return of Jesus Christ. One of the articles of our faith is the second coming of Jesus Christ. And, and there's a twofold aspect when it comes to the return of Jesus. The first aspect is the return of Jesus when he comes back and he reveals himself in his ultimate sovereignty as king of kings and lord of lord and winner of winners to the point that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is lord to the glory of God the father you and I should live our lives in anticipation of one day trumpets blowing, lightning flashing, thunder roaring, sky splitting, and our Lord and Savior descending from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel riding on uh, that white horse and tattooed on his leg is King of King and Lord of Lords descending with the host of angels to set everything right. I don't know when he's going to come, but I'm living my life in such a way that it could be in the next five minutes. I don't know when he's going to come, but I want to conduct myself in such a way that when he does come, I want to be able to be caught up in the air 
and go back with our Lord and Savior. I don't know when he's going to come. But I do know that when he shows up, the dead in Christ shall rise. And those of us who remain shall be caught up in the air. I don't know when he's going to come. But whenever he comes, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I, I, I want to be ready. Yeah, I, I, I want to be ready. I, I, I want to be ready. But there's another way that Jesus comes back for his home. And, and that is when we die. Uh-huh. That, 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 that when you know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of your sin, it ain't the death angel that comes. It's, it's our Lord and Savior because he's already conquered death. And so he knows the path of death. So he comes back and get those who know him in the pardon of their sin. He takes us from the narrow constrictions of time into the limitless expanses of eternity where every day is Sunday, where every month is the month of May, where the flowers bloom perpetually and the water sparkle with lucidity. Of course, death is one area I can be patient with. I want to go to heaven. I just ain't ready to go right now. Can, can, can I keep it real? I ain't in no hurry to die, but if he was to come, come and say go, I'm ready to go. Because why? Because I got my mind made up. I got my heart fixed and I got my business straight. Because I know him as my Lord and my Savior. Either way, Jesus is going to come back and get all of those that belong to him. By what some may call the rapture or when you close your eyes and take your last breath in death. But I'm glad to know that I got my business fixed. And I got my mind made up. But I want to suggest to you that while we're waiting for Jesus' return... We can't be lazy. Patience does not mean inaction. While we're being patient, we should be working to make the kingdom of God a reality. While we're being patient, all of us should be getting closer and closer to our God because we've been justified and sanctified and glorified as we become conformed to the image and likeness of Christ. As... We're waiting for Jesus to return. We should be serving God by serving one another. As we wait for Jesus to return, we should be caring for one another, sharing with each other, and loving one another. And we should be sharing, watch this, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right now, beloved, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, Folks ain't going to church like they used to. Uh, 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 the prognosticators are saying that even when we're able to open back up fully, that 40% of the people ain't coming back to church. But guess what? It's a whole lot more folks who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And you and I have the responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. I know this ain't shouting preaching, but I declare I'm tired of folks shouting and going to hell. You ain't got to like what I'm saying, but I know I'm on good ground right now. I'm tired of folks showing up to church and their lives ain't being changed. 
And guess what? We are so concerned about who ain't coming back. And we also need to be concerned about those who ain't never been to church before in their lives. The gospel still works. God, I feel like preaching this thing right now. I said the gospel still works. You missed your shout cue. The gospel still works. You don't need to give away a bunch of prizes for folks to accept the gospel. You ain't got to give away cars and houses and money for folks to accept the gospel. You ain't got to have smoke and mirrors and lights in order for folks to accept the gospel. You ain't got to have a light show in order for folks to accept the gospel. I ain't got to come up here and wear those skinny jeans looking like somebody crazy with holes in my pants in order for Jesus Christ to accept the gospel. I ain't got to come in here and be something inauthentic in order for Jesus Christ to accept the gospel. Here it is. What you see is what you get. The gospel of Jesus Christ transcends all the mess of the culture. We've been trying. I'm out there now. We've been trying to impress folks with smoke screens and mirrors we've been trying to get folks come in and say oh if we get some new lights and some smoking light show and all that they'll come to church come to church smelling smoke and still go to hell in smoke but i'm here to let you know right now none of that matters can i tell you what matters this is what matters somebody needs to know <laughs> Somebody needs to know that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Somebody needs to know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but they shall have everlasting life. Somebody needs to know that Jesus is the way the truth and the life and no man no woman no boy or girl can come to the father except by him somebody needs to know the gospel still works you ain't got to trick nobody into salvation you ain't got to beg nobody into salvation you present Jesus let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost gonna do and you'll see God work a miracle in their life here it is if he did it for you with your tricky, trifling, ratchet, unrighteous self, he can do it for somebody Here's what I want to impress upon you. That as you and I wait patiently for the return of Christ, we got to be like the farmer and we got to sow the seed. We got to sow the seed of the gospel. We got to sow the seed. Some going to fall on good ground. Some going to fall on thorny ground. Some going to fall among the thorns and the thistles. But sow your seed and trust God for the harvest. 
because sooner or later the early rains and the latter rains are going to come and when the rains come it's going to water that seed and you're going to see that based upon what you have done by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ some man, woman, boy, girl going to come walking down the aisle going to punch it on Facebook or YouTube on our Zoom congregation say I want to be saved what must I do to inherit eternal life You got to have patience because here's the deal. You don't sow a seed and reap a harvest in the same day. Uh, you got to have patience because uh, you don't drop seed in the ground and the plant comes up immediately. It takes patience to trust God when you see other folks prospering. It takes patience to trust God when you see other folks whose ship has come in. It takes patience to have to trust God when you're seeing other folks being blessed while it look like you're being broke. You got to learn how to appreciate what I call the early rains and the latter rains because in between the rains of autumn and the rains of the spring, God is setting some things right. Uh, 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 James says that our hearts need to be established. That word established in the Greek really means uh, that our hearts have to be strengthened. I'm not talking about the heart that is beating in your chest. But I'm talking about your mind, your emotions, and your will has to be established. It has to be strengthened. It has to be made strong. That requires patience. And beloved, I'm here to let you know that you got to learn how to wait on God. Who am I talking to right now? Even when you don't know when God's going to move. That, that you got to learn how to wait on God uh, even when you don't know where God is going to move. And you got to learn how to wait on God even when God does not move the way you want him to move. Uh, beloved, I hear David talking to me now. And, and David says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I, I hear Isaiah whispering in my other ear. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Am I talking to anybody in the house right now that know I'm just waiting on the Lord. But while I'm waiting, I'm going to work. Until he calls me from labor to refreshment. There's something else. Why, another reason why we need to develop patience. Because patience empowers us to get along with each other. Uh, this, this, I've, I've been waiting to get to this point for the longest. Uh, verse 9 through 11. Uh, patience empowers us to get along with each other. Uh, I got to admit. This is where I'm being transparent. I, I can work and wait anticipating the return of Jesus. I'm good with that. But dealing with some of the folks that God has created makes me want to holler and throw up both my hands. Come here, Marvin Gaye. I'm, 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 I'm at the age I'm at the age since Dolores now where things and people who
who bothered me 20 to 30 years ago don't even phase me even now. That, 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 just, that just happens with growing up. Stuff you used to get bent out of shape over, the older you get, you realize, and eh, that's small change. And, and, and it starts at about 40, and it intensifies at about 50, and it goes off the rails at 60 and 70, from what I'm told. That, that is just some stuff, you, don't, you look at it, you go, whatever. But, but the flip side is, here's the flip side. Flip side is that people and things I tolerated 25 years ago now grates my nerves. Uh, 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 years ago, I tolerated foolishness. Now I can't stand it. And so I got to find this balance between what I tolerate and what I can't stand. And if I'm going to move from folks irritating my nerves to showing grace, watch this. I can't have a grumbling, mumbling, complaining spirit against my brothers and sisters. And I'll be the first to admit I am guilty. I, I, some of y'all know I'm guilty. I confess. My name is Robert Scott, and I'm part of Grumblers Anonymous. I'm guilty. I'm guilty because the saints of God can act like the ants of God at times. I'm guilty of mumbling and grumbling, but I see in this text that this is easier said than done because I know some folks have mumbled and grumbled and complained against me as well. But here's the thing, James is saying that you can't develop patience when you mumble, grumble, and complain because when you mumble, grumble, and complain, you are developing criticism and fault-finding. Ooh, I can hear a rat. Look at Lord. Uh, 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 because mumbling, grumbling, and complaining destroys the unity of the body of Christ. And, and, and here's what James wants us to understand. That God is going to judge grumblers, mumblers, and complainers harshly. Uh-oh. 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 I just saw the bubbles come up a whole lot of folks' head. Yeah, when you grumble, judgment's coming. When you mumble... Judgment's coming. When you complain, judgment is coming. In other words, we got to give an account for every word we utter. And the Bible says that the judge is standing at the door ready to call us to accountability. I heard somebody say, Lord, have mercy. That's my plea right now. Lord, have mercy. But, 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 but here's the thing. We grow through the examples of others, like the prophets. The Old Testament prophets went through suffering and they had to demonstrate patience as they shared what God wanted them to say. It was patience in the midst of persecution. Y'all know Moses. Moses had to be the pastor of Black Baptists. I, I declare, because when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, 
they complained, they rebelled, they wanted to go back to Egypt. They were in the wilderness. They said, you brought us out here to die. We ain't got nothing to eat. We ain't got no water to drink. Moses had to be patient. But, but I declare, Moses, Moses is my distant cousin. Because later on, Moses just got tired. And, and, and Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock, and he missed the promised land. Elijah had to have patience when he decreed that there would be no rain for three and a half years to Ahab and Jezebel. And, and in his decree, God fed him with a raven bringing him food by the brook Kareth. And then when that brook ran dry, God sent him to a widow's house. Jeremiah had to have patience. As King Zedekiah and his boys threw him in a muddy pit to die when he gave prophecy about what God was going to do. Daniel had to have patience. When he was thrown into the den of lions for an overnight sleepover because he prayed to God. Esther had to have patience as she navigated between death and the decision to stand up for her people. Hosea had to have patience as he kept chasing after his adulterous wife, Gomer, who left their home to live a life of prostitution. Harriet Tubman had to have patience as she led 300 slaves to freedom. And she said, I could have led more if they knew they were enslaved. Martin Luther King Jr. and our silver foray bearers uh, fought for freedom without grumbling. They had to have patience. But the most patient person of all was Jesus Christ, who was whipped on the Thursday night. For your sins and my sins. And the song said, and he never said a mumbling word as he made his way to Golgotha's hill. When we grumble, mumble, and complain about our suffering, we fail to grow. We fail to understand that God has all power and sovereignty to change our situation at any time. Some, some people close to me are amazed. And how I can deal with folks that they know and I know who have done me wrong. In other words, how, pastor, can you be a blessing to people who grumble against you? All right, let me put, it where the, where the, put the hay where the cows can get it. How, pastor, can you pray for folks who you know dogging you out? How, pastor, can you go visit folks who you know had roast preacher for lunch and dinner? How, pastor, can you deal with folks who have turned their back on St. Paul because you're the pastor. And it's real easy. It's because I understand how patient God has been with me. Uh-huh. Now, 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 I know, I know, I know some of y'all can't shout about that because you are saved and sanctified. You ain't never done anything wrong since you've come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But I have to admit that since I've been saved, I wish I had a few more folks. I only got one in the house. Since I've been saved, I messed up. And since I've been saved, I've fallen short. And since I've called Jesus my Lord and Savior, I've disappointed God and I've brought tears to God's eyes. But is there anybody in the house that knows he looks beyond my fault and he sees my need? Turn me back up in these monitors. Y'all killing me. Here's the deal, here's the deal, here's the deal. 
I'm patient with folks because God has been patient with me. I forgive other folks because God has forgiven me. And so you can't expect God to be a blessing to you if you ain't willing to be a blessing to somebody else. You can't expect God to forgive you if you aren't willing to forgive somebody else. And yet, let me re-wrap this thing up. And yet, in the text, another example is Job. Now, I'm getting ready to burst your bubble. Because we love to say Job is an example of patience. But I want to correct this notion. Job was not patient. Read Job chapter 5 through Job chapter 37. If you read the story, you'll see Job was not patient. He argued with his friends. He argued with himself. He raised a lot of questions with God. He dealt with his own internal issues. Job did not have patience. But Job did have perseverance. Uh-huh. Here's why y'all can't shout. Because you, you don't understand that you can endure and still grumble. Uh-huh. And the reason why many of us can't shout is because many of us are just like Job. We can endure, but we're still complaining. But God says, I want you to shift from just persevering to having patience where you can endure and trust that I will make everything all right. Here's what I like about Job. Because Job is like so many of us. He endured even though he was catching hell. Uh, uh, he held on even though he was hollering he kept his faith even though he showed his frustration he did not give up on God he had the grit that fortified his faith even though he was mumbling grumbling and complaining and wondering where God was the reason that I like Job so much is because Job shows us the honesty of our humanity and most of us are just like Job We're persevering, but we're doing it half-hitched. Lest I hold you too long, let me close this thing. Finally, patience promotes personal integrity. Verse 12, patience promotes personal integrity. I want to unpack this slowly and intentionally because this verse is taken out of context. Here's what James is appealing to us. Uh, James is giving a warning against hastily using God's name in vain. Uh, James is saying, don't be taking irreverent oaths, dropping the name of the Lord when you're going through suffering and hardship. Here's what James is admonishing us not to do. James is saying, Don't use the phrase, I swear for God. You don't have to inject God's name to guarantee truthfulness of any statement you make. Now, this has nothing to do with taking an oath in court. Legal oaths are intended to bind those who make them. And y'all do know that perjury is a serious offense punishable by a fine or time in jail 
Here's what James is saying to all of us. Let your yes mean yes. And let your no mean no. You do know that those two words, yes and no, are a complete sentence in and of themselves. Uh, and all of us are going to be judged by our words. You and I don't have to take an oath or swear to God about a promise that we make to our brothers and sisters because God has created a community where our word should be our bond. Ooh, I feel something coming upon me right now. Um, one thing that I've learned how to do in life, Brother Pearson, is I've learned how to live in such a way where I under-promise and try to over-deliver. Uh, you have to do it like this. You have to tell folks, if I can help you, I will. Uh, if I say that I'm going to be somewhere, come hell or high water, I'm going to do it. Uh, but if I can't, uh, I'm going to let you know that I can't. And I'm not going to hem and haul with a whole bunch of excuses about why I can't do it. I'm just going to tell you, no, I can't do it and keep on moving. Why? Because no is a complete sentence. And I'm here to let you know that the word no does not need any explanation. I'm here to let you know that what James is trying to get us to understand is that you and I as sons and daughters of God need to be like God our father. That when we say something we mean it. And we're able to bring it to pass it's all about integrity. I know I've dropped a whole lot on y'all right now. I know that I've talked to you all about being patient as we wait for the return of Jesus Christ. I know that I've talked to you all about not grumbling, mumbling, or complaining against each other. And I know that's a tough road to hoe. I know I've told you all we need to be patient as we keep the word of God. I know that I've told you all to be patient because God is creating a community of faith. And God is in the process of bringing it to pass right now. And I see that some of you all uh, have logged online or dragged yourselves to the sanctuary, but you had to deal with a whole lot of hell this week. And I know that this word for somebody is coming at the right time because all of the trouble you have endured. But I'm here to let you know that the God we serve is able to bring to pass whatever he has told you will come to pass. And I believe I got a few folks at the St. Paul Church as well as those that are online who can testify he may not come when you want him. <laughs> yeah, but he's always on time. Good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good. Because I'm talking to some folks in the house uh, who's dealing with some doubt and some fears in your life right now. I'm talking to some folks who aren't confident uh, that you're going to be able to hang in there any longer. 
but I'm here to let you know uh, that God still loves you. And I'm on a divine assignment uh, to let you know at this moment, uh, the patience of God is in your life. Uh, it's at this moment that God is giving you another chance to get this thing right. Uh, and I'm here to tell somebody who has been brokenhearted. Uh, I'm here to tell somebody who is going through sickness. I'm here to tell somebody who has been left in the cold. I'm here to tell somebody who is broken, busted, and disgusted that God is still on your side. Hang on in there because the Lord is on his way. Hang on in there because God will not forsake you. Hang on in there because God will not betray you. Hang on in there because God will lift you up, turn you around, plant your feet on a solid ground. Hang on in there. Help is on the way. And I see God saying, please don't drop my hand because if you hold on just a little while longer everything will be all right can we have church in the house right now because is there anybody in this place that need more patience is there anybody in this place that need God to help you with grumbling help you with bumbling help you with complaining I'll be the first to testify I haven't dotted every I I haven't crossed every T but I need a few folks that ain't ashamed to admit I've fallen short I've disappointed God but I'm glad he hadn't dropped me so like the songwriter said James Cleveland put it like this please be patient with me God is not through with me yet when God gets through with me I shall come forth as pure gold do I have anybody they ain't afraid to testify aren't you glad that God ain't through with you yet in this cancel culture folks will drop you like a hot potato in this cancel culture say the wrong thing think the wrong thing do the wrong thing and folks will drop you like a bad habit but I'm glad he looks beyond my faults and he sees my every need so y'all got to excuse me I'm deviating from my script because I have a thank you in my spirit thank you Lord for not dropping me thank you Lord for forgiving me thank you Lord for not forgetting me thank you Lord for patience towards me thank you Lord for mercy towards me thank you Lord for grace towards me oh I see some of y'all ain't got no reason to give God praise some of y'all ain't got no reason to tell the Lord thank you but I need somebody in the house right now that ain't afraid nor scared to tell the Lord thank you for all 
you've done for me. Can you lift up your hands? Can you throw back your head? Can you open up your mouth and give God a praise for the patience he showed towards you? Thank you. Y'all got to excuse me. Thank you. 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 I'm sorry, y'all, but when I do a flashback, I got to tell the Lord, thank you for all he's done for me. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes, say yes, say yes. Thank you, Lord, for the patience. Woo! My God, you've demonstrated towards me. I could have been dead and gone. But, but Lord, you let me live on I, I want to thank you Lord for all you've done for me and one of the things that God has done for all of us is <laughs> shown us patience one more time those are able to stand up on your feet uh, those that are watching us online I want to prepare you for a call here, here here's the deal Oh, that's good, Reginald. That's good. Right there, bro. Right there. Right there. Go ahead and open that thing up, man. Is that somebody's testimony? Thank you, Lord. Oh, you don't know. That's why we're in the house right now. I love you. If you love him, you can give him a thank you right now. I really love the Lord. Can we just do this for right now? Just, just give me that refrain. I love the Lord. I really
victory. He gave me the say we know what that love looks like I want to make this extension this call to those that are in the house to those that are watching us online that if you don't know what this love feels like you can know it right now how by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and if you've broken away from the church or you've gotten away from the fellowship of the church you can love know this love more intimately by being connected to the Lord's people to the Lord's house the church I'm going to lead you in a short prayer, a prayer of new life, a prayer of a brand new start, a prayer of renewal and refreshment. And all of us, we're going to pray this prayer together because for all of us, as a reminder of what that commitment we made in the past. But if you're here right now or if you're watching us online right now, I'm going to give you some instructions on what to do to make that connection more viable and valuable. So if you wouldn't mind bowing your heads and repeating this prayer after me, God, I want to know you. And I want to know your patience. And I want you to help me become more like you. I need you in my life. I want your love. I want your grace. I want your mercy. I want your forgiveness. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit. I want to live for you. Thank you for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Listen, listen, hear me now. If you're watching us on Facebook or on our church website, and that prayer was meant for you, you don't have Jesus, you just prayed that prayer, you meant it in your head, in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, salvation is yours right now. Is it? Yes, it is. Right now. Right now right now. It ain't based upon your works. It's based upon your faith. If you're watching us online, would you just type in salvation in the chat box? One of our digital ministers will reach out to you, let you know what the next steps are. If you're listening to us on YouTube or on the telephone or in per or on, on YouTube or telephone, if you would email us at connect to spbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number good contact information someone by five o'clock tomorrow will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are if you want to be saved and you want to be baptized if you are in the house and that prayer was meant for you you want jesus christ as your lord and savior would you just do me this favor would you just hold up your hand if that prayer was meant for you you know if you died right now you don't know where you spend eternity but you prayed that prayer i'm here to let you know heaven could be your home right now a relationship with the god of the universe is yours right now if that's you would you hold up your hand hold up your hand if you're in the house if you got your hand up do me this favor would you come down right now i want you to know what it means to have a relationship with god Deacon Marilyn, would you go get I see someone that's coming. Come on down. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? If the Lord is moving upon your heart, amen. She's beating her down. Come on down, sister. Come on down. Let's celebrate my sister as she comes. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Will there be another? 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 The Lord is still adding to the church even in COVID. Even in COVID, the Lord is still adding to the church. Amen. Amen. Will there be another? 
will there be another? Here's my second call. If you're, if you're watching us online, if you're watching us online, you're saying, Pastor, I'm saved. I don't have a church home. I would love to be a pastor. These men and women in the house and online would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. We would love to make that connection with you. If you're watching us online, do me this favor. Type in Connect on Facebook or our church website. When our digital ministers are going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're listening to us on the YouTube or the phone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at the church 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number, contact information. Someone by 5 o'clock tomorrow will reach out to you. If you're in the house and you've been showing up and you've been visiting and uh, you want to unite with us, I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're in the house right now looking for a church home, uh, would you hold up your hand? Would you hold up your hand? You're looking for a church home? Would you hold up your hand? You're not connected to a church. Would you hold up your hand? 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 Amen. If you want to unite with us here at St. Paul, I would want to encourage you right now to come on down. We are patient people. Amen. Come on down. Come on down. If the Lord is speaking to you, come on down right now. We would love for you to be part of our fellowship. We would love for you to be part of our fellowship. Here's the other deal. If you feel afraid about coming down right now, guess what? I'll even give you the opportunity. You come up to me after church. We'll take you even after church. We've done that with several people. Amen. They were afraid to walk down. We'll take you after church. But let me tell you something. Your relationship with God is personal. But it ain't meant to be private. God wants you not to be ashamed of him. He said, if you're ashamed to own me before me, and I'll be ashamed to own you before my father. I want you to make that bold step right now if the Lord is talking to you about being a part of his fellowship. Everybody else be seated. Can we celebrate? Can we celebrate this wonderful sister? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Listen. I want you to follow this lady, Deacon uh, Marilyn. She's going to take you in the back, help you to understand what you need to do to become part of our fellowship. Guess what? As you walk out, we're going to cheer for you. You're going to get the biggest cheer you've ever heard in your life. All right? So, come on, St. Paul. Let's give God praise for her. 